Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? We give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we're moving right along through all the symphonies of Beethoven the dog <sighs> with Beethoven's third this week. <laughs> uh, oh, man. We've we've entered into Universal 1440 territory. That's right. Uh, the straight to DVD dregs. <laughs> Early on. It's a real drop off, I gotta say. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers for your thoughts on the movie. No, I'm kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you, here on the podcast, we always love to share the misery uh, with other people who don't know what they're getting into. Uh, so we have a special guest on the podcast this week. Uh, uh, Tyler, who's here with us? Uh, we got Chad Felix, recent dog owner. Uh, how how long is it now? You probably only had a couple weeks, I believe. Yeah, we're up on two weeks. Melfi is our dog. She's yeah. a pointer. Um, she's a delight. She went to the park for the first time today. I was actually at work. Or at work. <laughs> oh, you missed uh, it. I missed it, but she was hanging out with her her cousin, uh, another a hound dog, my girlfriend's sister's dog, and the pictures were great. Doing dog stuff, <laughs> nice, perfect dog stuff. You know. Have you found Have you found that in the two weeks that you've had her, that it's become easier to blame all your problems with capitalism on the dog, which it seems like is the reason <laughs> that you have a dog going from this movie because both Julia Sweeney and judge Reinhold seem to think that all of their money problems are being caused by this one dog. Yeah. $2,700 in the first 20 minutes since we got Melfi. It's just like, Oh my, you know, my bike is broken. My house is destroyed. That's right. You know, I'm the RV I rented. It's just, yeah. It's rough. Well, I guess before you get to, so you know a little bit of what we're talking about, I assume what we have is just a masterpiece of a trailer, Justin. Oh, of course. I mean, here it comes. America's favorite dog is back. He's loyal. He's lovable. And he's got a nose for trouble. Now with his newfound family, he's about to embark on his hairiest adventure yet. He's a hero. This whole trip has become a catastrophe because of that dog. Honey, he can't consciously ruin anything. I don't think. I love the moment in the trailer when it's like, uh, he's about to embark. And then immediately after they say bark, it goes. <laughs> I was like, I mean, that's just crack sand editing right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, well, like we said, uh, we're done with the theatrically released Beethoven movies. And we're done with the original cast. Yeah, (laughs) totally gone. And they keep making you think like, no, no, they're going to show up. Just watch the whole movie. (laughs) They're going to show up. Uh, We keep talking about them as often as we can. Yeah. They're going to be there. Don't worry. It's going to be worth watching the movie all the way to the end. Just keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Uh, yeah um i think we've talked about this before in sequels but one of the biggest like worst crimes that these later sequels can do um is make you resent the old characters because (laughs) the retconning has meant that they did something horrible right which in this case george and alice have abandoned their dog with 
George's brother's family. Yes. Where we where we left off at the end of the second film, they were adopting five St. Bernard's pretty Mm -hmm. much until they were grown. And now it this is what, six years later or something like that? Supposed to be maybe or maybe it's only a, a, a year later, but they've gone to Europe, I guess, for air freshener reasons uh first of all nobody in europe is using crappy american air fresheners (laughs) they just open the windows okay you know like yeah chad if you don't recall the uh dad in the first two films runs an air air freshener factory and like he's like really stressed about like convincing like the bankers to invest in his company so i guess he's successful in that and so him and the entire family abandoned the dog well, is the entire family in Europe, though? Aren't like some of them? Don't they mention so. Ted at well, the end? You would think that the kids would be taking care of the dog and not shipping it in a crate like it's like a raptor from Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah. I, maybe Rice is away in college, but the little girl is definitely not. She's got to still be somewhere. Yeah, I thought they mentioned the, the kid at the end with, with the other dogs that show up. But Yeah, well, was, yeah they're, they're in some random Eastern Bloc country. <laughs> Well, Botswana was mentioned at one point, and I, you yeah. know, I, I, I think I saw probably all of these growing up. But it was like that era of your childhood where you don't remember a single thing about any of these movies, but you yep. took them on every road trip. So you've seen them like thirty times, but like never actually seen them. Mm-hmm. And I, part of what was fun for me watching this movie, there wasn't much, but like one fun thing was not remembering any of the prehistory and right. just imagining that like this other family is like conned this family into like smuggling St. Bernard's across the country is very, very, like it was kind of fun to think that like he was like shipping, you know, there's a St. Bernard craze in the States and he's like shipping them. And this family's just like unwittingly like doing the brother's bidding as like a good family deed, you know? Yeah. He's up in the Swiss Alps capturing dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It just makes no sense because like what they took the dog with them to Europe yep. and then they weren't able to bring it back. It, I mean, they lived in California already. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, why, dog, why, did the, why did the dog <laughs> yeah. make it all the way over there? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't make sense. And also the container that the dog was in, it was not something that was flown. It was something that was put on a container ship of some kind. Yeah. It also <laughs> just, looked just like by a- the way cargo goes. So <laughs> Beethoven spent a long time inside of a crate on a cargo ship. Yeah. They have him in like totally. this Raptor cage. It looks like yeah. basically. <laughs> and you know, he's totally fine with it. You know, he, <laughs> he, he got out of that crate and was just raring to go. It wasn't yeah. thirsty. wasn't hungry. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely maladjusted, ready to completely understand English and foil more plants. Yeah. Um, as as St. Bernard's, which I guess is a key feature <laughs> of the breed at this point. Um, we have our new family, uh, Judge Reinhold, Julia Sweeney, and two brats. I mean, I, when I when they first showed Julia Sweeney, I was like, I couldn't remember who she was. I just knew that I had a deep and like intense dislike of her uh-huh. um and then i remembered that she plays um ad bryant's mom in shrill yeah. and it's just a horrible <laughs> horrible person yep, yep. and i was like maybe she'll show me that she can act different but it could be the same character honestly like it is so bad and then i looked her up and i guess she's pat on old snl yeah, which yeah, is either a character yeah. yeah it's either a completely clueless or horribly offensive you know vindictive character <laughs> towards people. i mean it's so, snl <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah but you know 
I did. I did like at the very. It's, yeah, I did like at the uh, the very start of the movie where it just at first just shows like the Newtons on the on the uh, side of the house. And my first thought was like, wow, they recast all of the characters. Like yeah, it's the same deal. family. But then I was like, no, nah, oh no, there's not enough kids. And, and okay, now this is her. Now I had that thought too. <laughs> I, I love how they thought, wouldn't it be a fun plot twist instead of the dad, not wanting the dog and the mom uh, being, you know, really loving and supporting it. If they both kind of didn't like the dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wouldn't that be a fun twist of, of actually nobody really liking the dog except for the dog. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. like the, the teenager, preteen boy was yeah. until the dog you know helped him get the girl he just right. loads this dog and yeah the the young boy's name whose whose name is brennan. brennan brennan which i believe like you only name your kid brennan if you want to like yell at him all the time or something it feels like <laughs> the kind of name really just like shut up brennan you know like from uh from uh stepbrothers or whatever yeah uh, yeah, uh, so we 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 find that they're both very very concerned. Uh, also, am I wrong? Like, so Judge Reinhold has like pulls up in this fucking RV. The first shot we see of the RV is like a shitty RV, and then it cuts to a different RV. Yeah, because <laughs> they're like, oh, is this the one? Oh, thank God, it's not the it's not the shitty one. Thank God. Yeah, and then she was she was equally upset because of course he's already over budget, you know. Right. She's, oh, yeah. Her character is designed to kind of nag him and you know, everyone throughout this whole <laughs> movie. It's really upsetting. Yeah. It's like we don't have enough money. It's like and and I you know, given the the whole the terminus of this trip is this family reunion, which we'll get to, but they spend great cost and a great amount of money to get to this thing for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. End. Before it's like, all right, family reunion for literally less than an afternoon and then start driving back. home. Yeah. Where they're quickly given another chore. <laughs> yeah. Like almost immediately. <laughs> Time for the next movie. Go back. Uh, yeah. We get something that is emphasized a lot early on, which is Julia Sweeney's prize gnome collection. <laughs> Which like like she seems really concerned about, it and we get lots of shots of it, and it seems like it's going to be building up to a joke of some kind, but no. Yeah, also well, it just has gnomes. Arguably, there was a joke. I don't know that it was actually a joke. Fair enough. Se, but <laughs> when they're pulling out the RV, strikes the gnomes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it makes a strike sound like bowling, and then is that in? Okay, we haven't talked about the villains who are. Oh my just, god! Yeah real rough but the <laughs> villains had one of the villains is like this uh jedi fan star yeah, wars guy. I, was like, I was like what like at this point aren't all these star wars things dated or like so are they, it was like, the year 2000 so 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 was it that they came back because phantom menace or probably I, I, that would be my yeah, guess it, it, just, it just seemed weird to me like it, it, this this screamed like 40 year old screenwriters being like what a kid's like like what's grunge like oh yeah they like coffee uh and dvds yeah they, <laughs> star they, wars that's what kids like they have a yeah. live action representation of twitch from uh or tweak from um uh, South Park, right? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much yeah. what this guy is. <laughs> I was gonna say, like the the caffeine is totally a stand-in for like speed or something. Like this yeah. is <laughs> oh god, it he, was very rough. This guy's chugging coffee through the entire movie, and it's so gross. There's a certain part where he just looks like he's having a heart attack or something, and he's like sweating, and he's just like, I gotta have like one more drink, and it's just like it almost made me want to puke. Honestly, the the villains of this movie are 
and we've we've traversed home alones we've traversed <laughs> like lots of uh, jingle all the ways we've traversed a lot of bumbling people in in these movies and largely they get some character actor who's like if we even if you go to the cinderella story movies like we get somebody who's kind of fun who gets to choose some scenery or do something these i submit are the worst <laughs> villains that we've ever had in any one of these movies they are the most <laughs> half-baked no personality uh they're they are just the absence of an idea ambling through the movie in a way that the, the most painful thing, I think, is when they are in the we'll get to the Western sumo experience. Oh. <laughs> but there's a point where like they have like hijinks ensue and they're wearing these sumo suits. And it's like the most forced like plotting. Like they looks like they did like one stunt take and they only had the afternoon to do it. So it's just these guys just kind of like, ah, like half assing, like rolling around. And then they just sped it up fast. Benny Hill style and put it in the movie. Yep. Yep. That happens so it's many so times. Bad. Yes, They're terrible speed ups. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, Judge Reinhold, the reason that all this is happening is because he's trying to replicate the plot of Christmas of uh, vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> his old uh, trip with his dad where he did all these same things. Yep. Where he traveled from Colorado down through Arizona, I guess, to California, which I don't know why you do that, but sure. Um, and I love like halfway through this trip, they're like you're now entering Arizona, where like apparently like all of the roadside attractions that they're going to are in Arizona. And it's like there's fucking nothing on the freeways in Arizona. <laughs> like, like, like you could like if you want to buy some quartz, like cool. But like there's nothing like that. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah, I really love that sequence. They like they they chime in on the road again for like a montage of of uh, uh, Beethoven looking like cross eyed but but happy. <laughs> but then and they proceed to visit like large versions of stuff. Like so, they visit a large fire hydrant. Um, they visit a a rock, a large rock that's shaped like a bone. They're all dog related as well. Yeah, and, and then they, they did it. <laughs> it was yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it was again one of the, like some of the laziest writing I've ever seen. <laughs> we got to talk about that amazing like uh, Polaroid photo that they put up of Beethoven with his eyes. It's like, so bad. <laughs> like for whatever reason, they, they like didn't just use a regular photo. They like photoshopped googly eyes on a dog. <laughs> they even closed the credits of the movie. Yeah, the, the, photo. <laughs> the end of the movie is like, Bleh? it looks so fake and terrible. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I don't well, know. we do get to see Beethoven play play matchmaker again in this movie. He doesn't uh, save a child from death nor prevent a rape, but he does help a horny teenager. He saves boy. a child from kidnapping and potential death. I guess <laughs> they were going to crash like that RV. Would have figured it out. Would have fucked it up somehow. Anyway, they were going to crash that RV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I, I guess that's how it starts. It's really nebulous to talk about this movie because so little actually happens in it. I guess we should talk about like why these uh, fucking idiots are chasing them. It's they have this so really stupid. convoluted plan <laughs> where they've put an operating system, uh, but it's not like the file of an operating system. It's a video file of an operating. So it's like literally like a video file of somebody scrolling through some binary onto a specific copy. It's actually unclear to me. I don't think it is a specific copy of this Don Knotts movie, the shakiest gun in the West, because they ask when they could get another copy of it, 
which leads me to believe that they hid this source code on every DVD printed from whatever DVD house this is publishing this movie. Because like at, when they're at the video store, they specifically ask him, when could we get another copy? Which doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. and and the video guy said, whose name is Quentin, by the yep. way, which I thought was a really interesting <laughs> detail because he knows everything about every right. movie. Um, but he says it'll be six to eight weeks. Uh, and then they force him to look in the back for another copy of it. So it implies that it exists <laughs> on all of them. And right. that like the movie production company was in on the plot <laughs> about which we know. I don't nothing. know. We don't know anything about this plot. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, feel we like don't they really were know what it is. I feel like they just I don't think it was like that crazy. I feel like they just didn't believe him that that there wasn't another copy there somewhere because yeah, yeah. nobody would have bought it. And my, I, my other favorite part of that is when they, they get on there and it's like, oh, the person who checked it out, like I got his address right here. And he's like, you hacked their system. And that amount of time it's like, no, like the system's open. You just look up who checked it out. Like you're not he's like, that's anything. illegal, man. That's illegal. <laughs> I know. I love the. Uh, that's illegal to use a database that's designed for that exact purpose. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I love the the video uh, clerk guy. He's got some really funny lines. I they're they're like trying to get him to you know just tell them who who bought the last one, and he's like, dude, what do I got like federal felony written across my forehead or something? What's that? <laughs> Was that? <laughs> he's just—he also looks like uh, he's wearing like sunglasses inside. I don't know. It's fucking weird, but I thought he was pretty. Yeah. Funny. Well, no, he's—he is—he uh, grew up in Flavortown. He's under the Guy Fieri school of <laughs> <That's> styling. <right. laughs> yeah. He totally is. He totally is. Okay, man. Uh, whatever. My favorite. Cool your jets. <laughs> cool your jets. Cool <laughs> jets. Oh yeah, the best character in the movie by far. Yeah. <laughs> and that—I mean—that dude has an acting career after this, which is you know impressive after appearing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even look up the two villain guys, but I was just like, who oh, are no, these? Oh, no, you didn't have to. Nothing, who are these nothing people? Nothing became of them. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, one of them is the lead singer of The Offspring, and then everybody else. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you like mentioned this already, because my internet's been really bad, but um, the... Whoa, are you still there? Yeah, we're still there. Oh, okay. Something else just popped up. Okay, Sorry. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned this already, but the fact that these villains are so terrible is even like the fact that they can stand out is shocking because everyone in the movie is a villain except for the little girl. <laughs> like even Beethoven is not that great in this movie like he was before. Nope. Like everyone is evil. It's <laughs> just there's not a single likable character. <laughs> yep. Wait, how is Beethoven evil? Well, he's not. He's just not his his usual good self. I'd say. He's evil. Like he does a lot of stupid things that old Beethoven would not have done. He voted like, yes on twenty two. Yeah, he, like get sprayed by a skunk. Um, you know, like do a lot of um, you know, try to stop the villains, but not actually then like explain to the family. You know, like not explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't explain to the family what he happened. didn't make his his uh, motivations known. Whereas before, I think it was pretty quick to always be like they realized what Beethoven was really doing all the time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was Bonnie Hunt being like mom of the year, being like, oh, that's just Beethoven figuring out like that the David Duchovny was an asshole. Yeah, but, uh, I guess so. Yeah, I mean the the dog. Speaking of like all the fuck ups that he causes, the one thing that carries over is that the dog gets makes it so someone gets hit in the balls. So <laughs> that's that's good. We have we're keeping that theme going. I bet I bet we're going to be eight for eight by the time this is done. Uh, this movie <laughs> the times that he gets dirty or yeah. wet, you know, when he's going to like 
it's their fault for cleaning him in the stupid shower of the RV when you are at a campsite. Yeah. Like there's a lake right there. <laughs> I, it's just, okay. and I, want- I have to talk about as we're talking about all the dumb things that the family did with this dog. There's just this scene where the daughter is just feeding Beethoven. Hard-boiled eggs. eggs. <laughs> Just hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> like, Stop it. And, and it's through. It's throughout a montage, so it looks like it's being done multiple nights, and also that the family just has this giant tub yes. of hard-boiled eggs for some reason, because they're aliens? <laughs> I, I don't, you know, it, like your mom weird. used to make a giant container of hard-boiled eggs out on the table for everyone. <laughs> Those eggs were supposed to last the whole trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. She budgeted everything. <laughs> Uh, oh man oh speaking of the trip and things that are going on they talk about how they only have that one DVD the shakiest gun in the west but because it's a universal movie we can use clips of the land before time I know there's like sequelception going on in this movie also I felt like it comes back multiple times and I just was like starting to feel like they're taunting us with this like they're like I know just just leave it on this you guys should be doing land before time it's by the way it's not even land before time it's land before time Six. That's what, yeah, oh, that's what boy. I'm saying. Sequel within a sequel. <laughs> so you remember that thing in Beethoven three where it just hangs on Land Before Time in an RV TV screen <laughs> for 30 minutes? Yeah. It's wild, man. <laughs> uh, also, I meant that RV had a really good Wi-Fi hotspot. Apparently, yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kid, that uh, the girl, is on her computer like uh, surfing, you know, MapQuest yeah. every two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of like the first, uh, this is embarrassing. The first time I watched this, I just watched it like an hour ago because yeah. I half watched it the first time. <laughs> right, yep, yep. But the first time I watched it, I was like, this is just like an ad for the internet. Like, she was like, <laughs> yeah. let me check my computer. And then she like pulls up like the mythology of the St. Bernard. Yeah. Stbernards.com. Saved all these people. a website. Oh, he looks like it's the first time where we found Beethoven's heroic lineage. I suppose. Yeah, I love that she's like, uh, yeah, he kind of looks like him, and they show that like what the photo is on the computer screen, and it looks like it's like a clip art, like <laughs> super low res, like image of a dog. <laughs> yeah, looks just like him. <laughs> um, do we know? So from the previous films, do we know that Beethoven is of some divine or some no, divine? No, not. he's just no. from a okay. puppy store. <laughs> Because that would be cool. Like another thing I, as you know, kind of coming into this cold, I was watching and I was like, it would be really cool if like these films were just vessels for spontaneous St. Bernard's to appear and help humans. Like if every (laughs) Beethoven was actually a different Beethoven. They're from an ancient line of guardians. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They do hint, uh, the the villains hint that maybe he's been uh, genetically enhanced by alien DNA at one point. That's right. They do. Oh God! Yeah, at some point the villains start having like meth hallucinations <laughs> yeah. and like you know accusing the girl of being a spy and just like mm-hmm. God, it, it gets really dark. <laughs> I yeah. wanted I wanted to play this clip uh, and just like I because I, I think it sounds really funny. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> I wonder like what uh, what the listeners a, a sound justification. I wonder what the listeners imagine is happening uh, happening in this moment. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you what's happening. I know what it is. I think. Yeah, I just love the really gross, like 
uh, like goopy yeah, noises. Someone's in the drowning background. in a vat of mayonnaise and Beethoven's <laughs> holding her head down. She's like, no. <laughs> I know, yeah. It could be a million different Waterboarding things. her. <laughs> Beethoven, no. Oh, I uh, wish she was. So uh, this, this idea that they're going to clean Beethoven in tomato sauce, is that a real thing? Or do they just For make stunts? that up? I've heard that before. I think it's an old wives' tale. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it I might was, work. I was like, I thought like, it was for poison ivy. That's what I've always heard. <laughs> Nothing about scones. Yeah. It reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Lisa gets gum in her hair. Like that's what it reminded uh, yeah. me of. <laughs> um, I also like so he he Beethoven was like sprayed by a skunk, but they didn't show a skunk, and so it was right. like very ambiguous as to what happened until they de- spelled it out for you. But then the sh- the like park ranger or like deputy ranger or whatever officer Judge, officer ranger. 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 <laughs> He's like, uh, excuse me, sir, your dog is in trouble for fraternizing with the wildlife. It like made it sound all weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not necessary. No. That was very strange. Yeah. Um, uh, the movie. Oh, Beethoven sinks a boat at this yeah. campsite. Yep. You just the boat. <laughs> the family boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and but the, that's pathetic compared to the multi-million dollar lake house he destroyed in the last movie. That's, that's true. true. When the when the boat gets destroyed, I was really upset because the uh, the poster of the movie shows Beethoven wearing like one of those fishing hats with a bunch of lures and stuff on it. And one that never happens. They never go fishing. <laughs> he never wears a hat. As soon as the boat was gone, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> False advertising. <laughs> you still once that happened, were you still holding out hope for the hat? You yeah, that perhaps the hat could come back, or do you would you think I, once the boat I was, was hoping the, I was hoping the hat would come back. Also, the, the, the when this happens, Judge Reinhold goes flying through the air, and I thought it would have been a great moment to bring back that amazing scream from the last movie, <laughs> the Howie scream. But instead, they just go with Judge Reinhold, like Ugh. Judge um, Reinhold, like. Bro, you're better than this. You're Neil. You're you're Santa's. <laughs> I was like, is he Santa's not? son, stepdad? You know, like I come did, on, man. I did like. Uh, I did kind of enjoy his like performance a little bit because he was like doing this like weird like I'm just blissfully unaware of what anyone else is feeling this entire movie and just being like, come on, like the part when he's like goading his son into doing the sumo wrestling thing. He's just oh like, my god, he's just yeah, like, that yeah, was mortifying. That was like child abuse straight up. Like any parent, if you don't have the kid that is that kid, you do not push them out in <laughs> any sort of performance. You know, yeah. like it just and awful. certainly not. Whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, it's horrible. Elis, do you want to talk about this wild, this wild west show? Sumo, I mean, Sumo Town? It's a wild west town that's been <laughs> bought out by some uh, you know, indeterminate origin Asian people. And so they're going to make it a sumo <laughs> western at the same time, which is just like so stupid because like Asians are better business people than this. They would have just kept it a Western show. Let's be real. You know, like, like it's a Western town. Just keep it a Western show. You know, this is stupid. Uh, it, it was so bad. And just uh, there, there was some real Japanese being spoken a little bit, but it, it, it's just so out there and offensive. And I don't think this guy was a real sumo wrestler. He's just a fat guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The yeah, only- it just it, it led for like one shot of a bunch of like sumo dudes in cowboy hats and walking in slow motion. And for like, that's it. 
Yeah. It's just so unnecessary, you know. It's like we and we've seen this with other sequels too, where the sequel is just it's about something completely innocuous, mm-hmm. and then they just be like, you know what we should do to spice things up? Be incredibly <laughs> racist, you know? Like it, it, it's because, not necessary. No it, one asked you to do. <laughs> it's offered up like the reason that oh, this is a funny scene is because these people look ridiculous. Yep. Like yep. that. That's like that's it. It's just like oh, let's how how crazy can we make them look? Kids will love that. Like how like what can we do? Uh, it's, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Bad. There's some weird, dark, evil stuff happening around that scene and kind of throughout this movie. Like mm-hmm. there, I kind of like judge Reinhold's character as well in that. Like he's like, he doesn't, he's a deeply sad character. Like there's one moment <laughs> where he says like, I think it's when they show up to the, like the faux Western town. I think he says like, ah, oh, this takes me back. And the son goes to what dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just like the most truthful, painfully true right. moment in this movie. I know. He sounds like he has some sort of, uh, you know, issues uh, when he's like, even when they get on that little train and he's just very happily like, oh, wow, it's smaller than I remember. He's, he's And he says yeah. it in such a weird tone. No like, okay. I mean, what's not being said is that his dad beat the shit out of him constantly, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah probably. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that, like, I mean... <laughs> There is that moment like towards in the last fourth of the film where there is like this moment of, you know, oh, actually, my trip that I that my dad took me on was her- was horrible, too. Yeah. And then the the whole family bonds about how terrible like, idea this uh, idea this was. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, why'd you track me on this? I you don't have wanted- any money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know what this is missing. My dad had a bottle of wild turkey every day on the trip. <laughs> It's funny because it's like I I don't I I hate to say I wish it was more cookie cutter, but I wish Mm. the parents had been more one likes the dog, one doesn't like the dog because Judge Reinhold at first he wasn't really into Beethoven. And so then I started hating him, too. And then he kind of came around, you know, but it's either like, you know, it should be one way or the other just for the sake of the movie and the character. such shallow empty people like yeah. and like just the way the things that they fight about the thing like the dream that he's holding on to is like it seems like he's bankrupting his family to drive him in an rv across the country and like to a family that doesn't give a shit about him and like and i guess in that way it's it's bleakness it's it, it's comedy parading is bleakness it, it really <laughs> is maybe more truthful than it lets on <laughs> But I think that it's actually thinking that it's funny. And it's just what it is, I think, is that the screenwriter's misery makes it on the screen. <laughs> I think I think that, that those internal insecurities just sing through on the page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What else happens in this movie? Oh, fuck. Well, did I we mean... talk about the girl at all? Which no. girl? No, we can. What's her name again? Is it Pearl? Uh, that up? The girl, the girl that Brennan's like, yeah, yeah falling for, yeah, um, where where Beethoven plays matchmaker yet again. Oh. Yeah, this girl was like a perfect specimen of the year two thousand junior <laughs> high girl. Like, other than the nasty frosted lip gloss, this girl was like everything I wish I could have looked like in the year two thousand. <laughs> you know, like she's like. She got little tank tops and the like cut off on the calf uh, cargo pants and butterflies, butterfly clips, those like rhinestones that 
that white girls can stick in their hair, you know, like all this kind of stuff like that I could never pull off in a million years. Uh, what, Elias, you, you didn't have business cards to hand your uh, potential no, uh, suitors? Not. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Her, she has a business card and extra copies of her itinerary to give out to dudes, okay? And so it's like, okay, Brennan, you're super glad she gave you that, but why does she even have those and how many people is she giving right, them out to? Right. You know, like I don't want to slut shame her because whatever, but it's just a little suspicious for a 12-year-old. How many other stuff. kids are showing up at that hotel? Yeah. <laughs> so it was the business card thing. Cause I wrote that down too. Is that an actual thing? Did like wealthy white girls have business cards with their phone? I don't think so. Think so. Or was that just not like a printed business card, but there were like, okay. From like San Rio <laughs> and those Korean like stationary stores, there would be like a little small address book card, maybe that you would fill out and everybody would trade and put them into the slots of their respective address books. So it could have been something like that. When you say yes. everybody, <laughs> I mean, Asians, uh, <laughs> Asians okay. and the whites who wanted to be, friends with the Asians okay <laughs> also she had like a stainless steel card holder yeah it was a lot yeah. I was she like, would have been like a planner she had her she had her beeper holstered her pager <laughs> I was wondering what that was yeah. yep I thought maybe she had diabetes and then I was like oh no it's just the <laughs> early 2000s like I was like wow how represented oh wait no <laughs> I thought she had diabetes. <laughs> Turns out it was just the early 2000s. Well, I had a student who had one of those, you know, like. No, no, no. Devices. I was just, I was yeah. just saying how funny that statement was. Yeah. I was like, how cool. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, this girl, uh, she was fine. I don't know. Beethoven brings them together by stealing her backpack in the Wild West town. Also, before this, we like, we know that he has a crush on her because he's standing back brennan is before they go on the trip is standing back by the trash cans with the photo he has of her and like it's no strange, no no like, this is a different oh, i think that's different a different girl, girl. <laughs> different girl oh it's okay not, good. it's not that good. creepy because <laughs> it's like that's fucking weird no, man girl he liked but because he was going away with the summer she oh, wouldn't go God. out with oh i thought it was oh. the same girl <laughs> and then and then like but then he like throws away the photo and it's just like well what what like, and then it turns out that that girl does actually go to his high school. They yeah, didn't what? know each other. That's what happened at the end, right? That made no sense. Yeah. That made no sense. Yeah. They found out. I, they, I know that they at least found out they're in the same town, right? How like, big of a to- high school is, does he go to? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were like in separate middle schools and they're going to high school after the summer. Same. Uh, okay, that would, they don't know each other. that would make that, more I'll sense. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. That that's makes powerful. Sense. That's so awesome. Like, <laughs> speaking as someone who used to be Brennan, like that's really awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Greece, you know, they like spend the yeah. summer together. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go to this school. Now we're in different social. Oh, groups. man, that was that, that was times, man, when your your middle school friends got got divided up amongst various high schools. Yeah. Yeah. Sad stuff. It's kind of a great, sad story of like the American suburbs in a lot of yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. Like buying your happiness with money you don't have or renting your happiness with money you don't have for like this like long lost lie that your dad told you about a great vacation (laughs) that you're now telling your children. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. What are they? So the hopes that they pass it down to their children. It's a lie that endures across the generation. What are, what are all the different things uh, that judge Reinhold has to write checks for in this movie? (laughs) I mean, uh, a a kennel, that is completely useless and mm-hmm. then 
all the food that they left there with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a bunch of uh, pallets of um, Coca-Cola. Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Fucking Brennan. No, actually, it was Beethoven's fault. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how that Diet Coke went like that, by the way. They didn't show the giant stand of Mentos next to the <laughs> yeah. Diet Coke. It just, I was like, how is this Diet Coke exploding so much? I don't yeah. think so. They all look like they've been slashed. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a lot more dangerous if they didn't explode and they were just like heavy and bouncing around. <laughs> yeah. So you got the boat. Uh, he took out the windshields. He had to cut a check for the hotel room. He has to pay for the antique barrels at the yeah, uh, yeah, antique barrels. Sumo town. <laughs> oh yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like a self-aware. This is ridiculous joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's like the Simpsons when. Um, Marge is a cop and she shoots the, the old man's antique cans. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that episode. Yeah. But there uh, were a couple like really weird self-aware moments. Like there's a moment when they're going through the itinerary or like they're searching the web on the RV and they're like, oh, there's a peanut butter sculpture of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> like it's like possible <laughs> things the dog could get into, but yeah. it's like isn't going to be thrown into the itinerary because they have to see the giant fire hydrant instead. Yeah. Well- Maybe you can tell us, uh, Chad, as a new dog owner, isn't chocolate sauce like really, really bad for dogs? Yeah, yeah it's poison. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he eats an entire canister of Hershey's like chocolate I'm sauce. I'm pretty sure like I've, I've, I've Googled like bad foods for dogs because it's kind of surprising. And it's like the scale is like zero to chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. this, this plays into Chad's theory that Beethoven comes from an immortal line of mm. protector St. Bernard's. Then he is immune to chocolate. That is one of his powers. Yeah, that's the alien in him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the government bred that out. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I mean, what else happens in this movie? I mean, okay, so yeah, so they uh the windshield gets broken. Um, there's other hijinks from the fucking Ugh. goons, but like I can't even I can't even recall them at the moment. They get uh, uh they get like poop shot out at them uh, out of the sewage tank. Oh uh, right. Yeah, there's the point where he's driving <laughs> and he's like he's trying to find the sewage release. And for whatever reason at that perfect specific moment as they're driving past the goons, he finds that it's underneath the dashboard for in driving it's like where the hood is. Where yeah, you it's like it's where you hood. pop the hood. It's like it's like oh, it's like here's the, here's the main sewage thing from when you're sitting in the front seat, not yeah. when you're outside by the maintenance hose. And he pulls it, and it just sprays shit out the side of the RV, which I don't think is any like. There's no practical reason. <laughs> well, and then he says to the family, he's like, "Remind me to turn that later, to empty that later." It's like you yeah. just emptied it. Yeah. yeah. Well, did what did we you think about- turning it did? <laughs> did we did we talk about uh Chekhov's gigantic emergency brake? Not no. yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh regale us with this this technology. I mean, it's list. like a large novelty, like self-destruct looking light up button. <laughs> it looks like that the art department got a bunch of tickets at the Chuck E. Cheese and were able to yeah. buy the siren. <laughs> It looks fake. Like we fuck, gotta yeah. get it in the RV. And it its place is on the ground behind the center console with no cover. And if you <laughs> come near it, 
the <laughs> RV supposedly stops in a half a second <laughs> and you'll fly through the window and die unless you have your seatbelt on. And, you know, us, as, if you're a, if you've watched a movie before, you know, if you see a big thing that says emergency brake, like that telegraphs what's going to happen. But this movie not only shows you it multiple times, it also has Judge Reinhold spend a minute of screen time explaining how good of a break it is. <laughs> Yeah, it seems it's interesting because it's like in the line of bonus features in the super RV that he accidentally got. And so he's like, so first of all, he's like, it has a portable DVD player. And then it's like one of those like $90 DVD players like <laughs> yeah. strapped to a table. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he's like, it has, we has power for our daughter's computer, oh. which is very exciting. And also this giant emergency brake. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not really an amenity. It's kind of just a standard Anyone thing in a vehicle. stumble on that button or like you could drop your soda can <laughs> and the button is pushed and you're all dead. You know? Like, yeah, it seems like one of the more dangerous things you could put on an RV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's it's really sad that like the, the little girl who, as we've mentioned, is like the only good character, the only good person mm-hmm. in this. Um, she knows about what they term the banditos, like the goons that are like trailing them, but they like tell her she's making it up the whole time. Yeah, that's yeah, a classic that. trope. That's a classic Beethoven yeah. trope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was worse because at least in the other ones, like they only didn't believe the kid like once and then they learned their lesson. Yeah. Whereas this time she told them like multiple times throughout a multi-day road trip. And no one even. Yeah. And then they're like, remember that other time you were lying about something? This is probably (laughs) that too. (laughs) Another thing. They they, they stay in two separate rooms at the hotel, despite the fact that these parents have like no sexual chemistry and they're not like, (laughs) oh, we need to be by ourselves. And they're they're not rich. Stay in here (laughs) and don't leave the room of this fancy bed and breakfast or whatever. <laughs> like, like spoiler alert for the listeners. I was fairly privileged growing up and I slept on the floor of a hotel room until I was fucking 20 years old. with my parents, like we never got separate rooms. Like what the fuck? Like, yeah. yeah. And also this hotel room wasn't a planned expense. No, this is because <laughs> this is because there was a brick through the RV and they drew through bug crossing country <laughs> and, it, and it became so miserable to be in the RV that they finally decided to go to the hotel, which Brennan, because he got the itinerary from his crush, knew that she would be at. Yeah. I mean, if, if money is so scarce, where what's wrong with Motel 6 or right. like, this was, no, this they, was they like stay, a, stay at like probably one of the nicest hotels in Arizona. They have a tent too. <laughs> they went camping earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I just, oh God. My I, theory. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say my theory is that they aren't actually that broke. They're just like suburban <laughs> Americans who right. are like very, very like, it's like a game to calculate your expenses Mm -hmm. you know and you do this back and forth with your partner about expenses and it's like how you dance you know (laughs) (laughs) well it may be like to the to the degree so much where i was like is this like some sort of like governmental like psyops where so kids can internalize that they should always be concerned about money (laughs) like because like like, no family wants to go see this movie and like have that that dance be reflected back at them like they want they want fun dog hijinks but like if you're watching this as a kid it's just like Oh, we can't afford a hotel. Like it, like you were just internalizing all of that anxiety. Um, this really made me want to revisit uh, a goofy movie, which has a similar yes. plot <laughs> and is superior in mm-hmm. all. Oh my ways. god, in every way, including the music, which in a goofy yeah. movie is phenomenal. <laughs> this it was kind of just like your traditional like the what's oh, that the YouTube guy again. with that crazy machine that plays every instrument at once? Like that's the music of this <laughs> <Yeah>. film. <laughs> 
Um, let me do the child star check-in all right uh, before we get much farther into it um well i want to say that one good thing about julia sweeney that i did discover is that she named her daughter um she gave her the middle name of mulan like for real what so that's kind of that's cool yeah (laughs) uh okay and then michaela uh gallo is um our youngest daughter whose name is escaping me, the little girl that nobody was Sarah, Sarah, right? Yeah. Uh, Michaela Gallo. And she is a global HR representative at Intuit uh, in North Carolina. Oh, and then (laughs) Danielle Danielle Keaton, uh, who played the love interest girl. Mm -hmm. She is a music and arts journalist who creates story after story about new artists that you can't afford to not discover for yourself. (gasps) Have you heard of Cold War Kids? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But again, there it is. There it is. Another thing you can't afford. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, And then the third, Brennan, Joe Pickler, Pitchler, um, I want to do this now so that we can talk about more happy things maybe later on before the end of the episode. Oh, no. A bad, a real bad one. Oh, um, no. So Joe Pitchler has actually been missing since 2006. When he was 18 years old, uh, he lived in an apartment separate from his parents and went missing like off the grid and they found his car a couple of weeks later and it had like a note in it saying like give these things to my brother do this and that but it they don't like they didn't accept it as a suicide note and the police didn't either so he's still considered to be missing for the last uh 14 years damn that's rough Uh, some some of these it's just yeah like uh, the the the, uh ratios for child (laughs) stars is like there's a tragedy comes up far too often (laughs) That's a yeah, that and sucks. it was really sad too because the Wikipedia even specifically mentioned that he like had braces and he was like about to get them off and then plan to move back down to LA to continue his acting career. Oh man, dang! So thank weird. you, anyway, specific Wikipedia. Now back to the part where <laughs> that's, that's, that's your child star check yeah, in yeah, for yeah. Beethoven's third. <laughs> uh, well, I guess now we can talk about the how he tried to meet up with a teenage girl in a fake hotel in Arizona. I mean, we could get to the end because the ending is pretty crazy. I mean, we already (laughs) said that they were staying in separate rooms and Mm -hmm. the daughter just goes to sleep in the car or in the RV with Beethoven and then the RV gets stolen by the two Mm -hmm. goons, which is genuinely scary for her. And I thought she did an okay job when she realizes what's going Mm on. Um, but yeah, then it turns out that they're like hallucinating and on drugs. And she she literally is like, Beethoven, they're crazy. Please protect me. Okay. Like for a small <laughs> child to be able to recognize that is very scary. This is the scene where we find out that the villains must be like super poor because the one guy is so excited about a coffee maker. He's like, can yeah. we get one? Oh my God. They have a coffee maker. What? <laughs> Should we talk Wait, about... Uh- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, should we talk about the villain's dynamic, which is really <laughs> strange? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely like... Yeah, I think so. It, right? I was like, I was like, it's somewhere between <laughs> Buffalo Bill and like Three Stooges. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I kind of felt like the the one guy who thinks he's a Jedi and like tries to control things by waving his hand around. I kind of thought that he was in like this like he felt it felt like he was like in con- uh, the the more powerful of the two, yeah. right? Yeah. And he was kind of I don't want to say grooming, but it felt like there wasn't like a mutual like relationship yet. But it, it felt like th- that th- it was like gonna maybe happen, and he was just like feeding his buddy caffeine until it happened or something. It was very weird. <laughs> the backstory that I have imagined in my yeah. mind is that the one guy uh, lost everything in the dot com bust when the bubble burst and he met that dude like at a random gas station. He was like a gas station attendant somewhere in the middle of nowhere outside Silicon Valley. And he was just like, Oh, I'll tell you like, no, like we, uh, there's an operating system out there. I, I, we, we, we we're going to strike it big. And the guy was like, Oh, I believe you like that'll happen. And so they just hit the road together and he's been <laughs> grooming him ever since. Like, but he's yeah. just like, he just broke as a, he has a psychic break after losing everything. <laughs> it's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, uh, yeah, he, senses a disturbance in the force when the gnomes are struck by the RV. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> that Just was weird. weird. That was weird. Forgot about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the part of the movie that we've all been waiting for. Uh, the end? Beethoven hits the emergency <laughs> brake. <laughs> and it is underwhelming. Well, yeah. he finally listens to a command. That's true. <laughs> True. But like he said that it would stop in half a second or something, right? And it doesn't sure. seem like it ta- seems like it takes longer than half a second to come. Yeah, to it's almost like they could have cut that dialogue out entirely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a regular break. Yeah, that's yeah. literally that's what it seemed like. <laughs> I do like the part where Judge Reinhold literally steals a cop car, and the cops just like, yeah. like, no, I did actually like that. It was yeah, the cops yeah, just yeah, like, good job, yeah. good job fellow dad yeah the cop like, job, like, white dad. Look, i'm not gonna do anything you know yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah the first two seconds of that interaction well and the cop sitting next to him is like well if you want to go really fast you just <laughs> yeah. turn this knob and it just encourages him to like ramp it up it's insanity <laughs> insanity uh yeah and then so so they get taken to jail for a long time i hope where i imagine they'll be pretty popular and uh <laughs> oh god <laughs> sorry uh, and, and, i do like though that they actually recognize like oh crap the girls in the car this is now a completely different crime that we did yep. not intend because yeah. really they were just stealing stealing an rv briefly is a lot is not you know at all comparable to kidnapping a child like yeah that's bad yeah. But what, like, so that's what's interesting to me, too, is because, like, if they aren't willing to kidnap a child or do anything other than just, like, steal the disc back, like, what is on this disc that's, like, not important? It's, like, clearly of, like, like mob origin or something. Like, what is on this disc that it's you don't expect to have to, like, get your hands dirty? When it's you, Windows 2000, is really? <laughs> I was going to say, it was, like, a Windows 7 demo disc. Yeah. But also, and like, what do they think system. operating systems do? Also, yeah. <laughs> like, I hope it's just one of those free AOL. That's what I was like, bro. Yeah. There's over 500 hours of AOL on there. <laughs> Maybe Tyler, so your theory is that he lost everything in the dot com. Yeah, boom, or the the bus. So yeah, so like he he smuggled something out from some from Oracle or some shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've thought about this more than the writers of the makers of this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so so we leave them by the wayside and the the Newtons make it to California where there's an eccentric uncle that nobody knows. The Riddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he gives Judge Reinhold a hat and we find out that George isn't coming. The, yeah. the Newtons we know and love couldn't make it. The <laughs> of course. business is just going too well. And um, they want the they want this horrible family to keep the dog longer. Yeah. <laughs> because they no longer miss the dog that was so important to their family that they all risked life and limb to yeah, like <laughs> save him. Yeah. yeah, but at this point Multiple the family times. like wants to keep the dog. <laughs> they're, they're like yeah. bummed. They're like that bummed. Doesn't that mean gonna... They should. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do they have the money for it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> As a dog owner, I can just say that I, you know, I'm only in two weeks into this thing, but I have not lost my, like, I have not let go of the leash yet, which happens eight times in the course of like 35 minutes in this movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what else is, is that, I guess that's it. Yeah. And so they get there and the, there's two other St. Bernard's, I guess like they're just genetically, it's hereditary. This family's ability to come across St. Bernard's and enjoy them. Um, yeah he's like you remember your cousins ted and sally or something like they lived nearby also, also if they lived in colorado and the newtons were out in california like the kids would know the dog they do like, know the dog because they say beethoven like yeah, almost immediately yeah, after yeah. he comes out of the crate <laughs> oh my god is yeah. beethoven? like beethoven's our cousin too yeah <laughs> Aww. I guess no one acts like that. Like nobody acts like it's like no one treats it like it's their fan, their beloved family dog. And you like, you know, that like, this dog like broke up a uh, re- reunited a man with his his dog stopped a guy from shooting animals in the face. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> maybe they didn't get all the details. I don't know. He won oh, yeah. a hamburger eating contest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chad, if you didn't know, the the villain in the first movie is testing ammo on dogs, and there's oh a where he's shooting dogs and shooting them in the face. <laughs> yep. Wait, can I ask? So, is this series like consistently slapstick? Because my memory, um, it's like a family, like a warm, cuddly family film. Yeah, the slapstick part comes in the dad being tortured by the fact that they have a giant dog in their otherwise right. very clean and white house. It is not okay. to this degree. I think that the thing that I think a lot of the montages are pretty slapstick. Yeah. And the montages are the thing that like I remember the most about these movies. Uh, and like the in the first movie, there is Villain a scene. Part. Yeah. yeah, the villain stuff, like there's a scene where David Duchovny is like a slick banker dude and he gets dragged in a lawn chair uh, by the leash with his partner by Beethoven and like that's straight out of Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like yep. it's like <laughs> Yeah, and the other ones like the dad is always getting like muddy and wet and getting mm. dirt dropped on him and coffee dropped on him, but he never gets hit in the balls by like a <laughs> boat uh hinge on the you know like whatever yep. that thing is called, like yeah. you know. Yeah. Nothing like that. <laughs> I know, I mean, I think you, you nailed it on the head, hitting the balls with a boat hinge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's that word that I'm searching for? I think it's a hitch. A hitch. 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 Yeah. Yes, I was close. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the, yeah, uh, that's... that's pretty much it. The only other very small thing that I kind of laughed at <laughs> that I thought I wanted to mention was uh, there was a scene where like the, the, the bad guys are trying to get into the RV and the one guy is like, you know, hacking the window or whatever. And then the, uh, the other dude just like straight up like picks up a brick and throws it through the windshield. And uh, after they leave, like, cause Beethoven shows up, Beethoven is like sitting in the front seat, <laughs> like with the brick, like in his mouth or whatever. 
And when they get they there, they blame him. Yeah, when they get there, yeah. Julius Sweeney's like, he did it on purpose. And they're like, why would he, why would he do it on purpose? That makes no sense. Oh, God. Like the dog was like, I'm going to fuck up this, this like, uh, how is it even, RV. How is the dog even holding a brick in its mouth? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought that was a really funny line when they're like, he did it on purpose. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you re- you recognize the train place in Griffith Park, right? Uh, I assumed that's where it was. Yeah, but I after look, COVID, we can go there. I, I rode on the, the train before. It's fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> man. <sighs> Good times. All the things we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to visit that uh, mortuary from Phantasm, Phantasm, and we're going to yep. go on the train from Beethoven 3. Yeah. And we're going to go see that big fire hydrant, and then the big dog bone. <laughs> and the, the giant ball of earwax. And then the, the peanut butter Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, we, they yeah. couldn't go, but we can. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess... Rating man, system. It's a rating system time, and there's just so much absurdity in this movie. Um, uh, how many uh, antique barrels would you give... <laughs> Uh, Beethoven's third. Um, I'm going to give it two antique barrels. That's generous. I was real pissed. Like, I was like, <laughs> this is bad. This is really, really, really bad. And like I said, I am more annoyed that it made the old characters that we like mm-hmm. look bad as well. Like, there's no need to drag them into this. Yeah, I'm gonna go one antique barrel. This this <laughs> is one of the worst movies we've watched in this podcast, and that's saying something. Oh. I am Yikes. fucking terrified that we're at three. There are yeah. five more of these fucking things for us, and I <laughs> shudder to think what what is in store. Anything uh, could happen. Anything could happen. No, and, I mean, and this you're right. This does commit one of the biggest sequel sins, which is not only replacing the cast, but then picking a lazy story reason that pretty much erases every all the lessons that they learned in the previous movies, mm-hmm. where it's just like it's coming to accept Beethoven, then it's coming to accept Beethoven, Beethoven's girlfriend and all the puppies. And it's just like, oh, you know what? There's the, it's not that bad. We can everybody in the house. And uh, actually, that brings me back to one other point. It's like it's weird that because like the John Hughes lineage of these movies, that it's just another family who's just like, like spends a ton of time in Europe. Like, I guess that's a thing in John, in the John Hughes universe. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, it kind of. <laughs> erases all the other movies and installs something that is more cynical, more crass and more just empty. Uh, This is a husk of a movie. (laughs) Husky of a movie. Oh man. Well, (laughs) yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, I think um, I want to give this one a really low score too, but I'm also very scared that we're going to have really terrible nowhere left and i'm gonna be like i want to give this one a negative two um so i'm actually gonna give this one a three because like yeah it's pretty bad but also i was like "Eh, i feel like there's i I don't think it's like the one of the worst movies we've ever watched (laughs) i i still feel like there's way worse movies than this it's just maybe you guys have have some recency issues with this one um I think that's true. I like to forget garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think it's 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 not great, but I mean, if you want to continue the franchise and whatever, for whatever reason don't have access to the uh, original cast and you want to plow ahead, I mean, I think there, I think it could have been much worse than this. <laughs> um, I actually, I uh, <clears throat> I was looking at the um, common sense media like article, you know, page for this, which is like where parents go, you know, to, to read about whether or not the uh, films are okay for your kids. And there's a section in there that's like, 
stuff to talk to your kids about after watching the movie. <laughs> and uh, they have things like, uh, how does this film compare to other movies where families take road trips together? What's the appeal of a road trip movie? But one of the questions, <laughs> one of the questions that they have, like, like you should talk to your kids about this, is uh, why are sequels made when the original actors don't want to be in the later movies? <laughs> like, people are going to sit down and be like, Let's talk about sequels. You probably have some questions yeah, about let's why. Let's talk about franchising. Where did Charles Grodin <laughs> oh, go? The studio can't afford to pay the actors. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this movie has a 0% on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, which is noted in the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, There's a really great um, quote on the Rotten Tomatoes. There's like a, a mega reviewer who's like, pure gold. I loved it. <laughs> 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 but somehow it doesn't register on that that percentile rating. It's like, yeah, because it's not one of the critics. It's one of the uh, audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the audience scores like twenty three percent or something. Ooh. Yeah. Chad, how many how many antique barrels out of ten would you give this masterpiece? Uh, out of ten, as a film scholar, I give it two antique barrels. As a recent dog owner, I give it eight antique barrel <laughs> you know, for the dog lovers out there there is a dog in this movie yeah. <laughs> yeah, i can't confirm if you put it with the sound off and you're doing like folding clothes in the background there will be a dog on screen yeah. it might sound like minute. he it might sound like he's murdering several people um, if you're not watching but it's a it's a cute enough dog sure <laughs> awesome well uh, uh let's see uh is there another beethoven movie after this heck yeah partner Uh, we've got Beethoven's fourth coming up. They're just like continuing on with the numbering. And, uh, so what do you guys think? Do you, uh, maybe Elis might already know spoilers, but, uh, do you think that it's this family again or what new there's more Newtons, new Newtons <sighs> going to abstain from speaking. Man, uh-huh. Is it better if he, if, if it is the same family, uh, I feel like maybe oh, shit. I didn't hold on. I didn't realize this. The director of this movie directed Radio Flyer and The Sandlot. I know. And it, and he's also he also is the director of Beethoven's Fourth. It's the same. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, so now I'm thinking it's probably ah. the same family. It could be. I don't know. I, maybe I judge on that. Part maybe judge it. Reinhold tapped out. He's like, no, this uh, I'm too big for this. <laughs> Going back maybe. to the Santa Claus. That's right. <laughs> Oh, they have to be close to each other at that point. No, I, think. I think he's in between one and two at oh, this point. So. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I hope it gets better. I feel like it could. I, I want to say it could only get better from here, but I know that's not true. That's hopefully time and again on this podcast. Hopefully the villain. I guess there has to be a villain. So I, I, I hope that the villain is better this next time. Yeah, they were bad. All right. Well, until then, Eliz, where can people get in touch with us? Yeah, uh, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars goes a long way, helps other people find the podcast, feeds the algorithm, helps us. We appreciate it. Chomp. Uh, Chad, thanks for being here with us, man. And sharing all of me. your your awesome it was really fun uh having you on <laughs> just like yeah sorry we made you watch this movie <laughs> yeah that was great sat down with my girlfriend we opened a bottle of wine yeah oh that sounds perfect <laughs> oh man 
apologize to her as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I have. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good, good. What are you making me do? I Venmo me for the cost of the movie and the wine, please. <laughs> Will do. Charge it to the sequel rights account. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll see what's in store for us next week with Beethoven's Fourth. Oh. 